Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm joined by Russell Boyce and Lawrence Conley to look back on Celtic's 3-2 victory against Hearts. Uh, sum up that second half, Russell Boyce. Yeah, I mean, it was. we've seen both sides of what it's going to be like, I think, this season when people have referred to Ange Ball. Uh, there was obviously, we had, uh, was it Danny's name was, who says, oh no, Ange will play for four all draws or if they score four, we'll score. We'll attempt to score five. Things like that. I think we've seen a bit, of, a bit of that today. But I've got to say, you know, when we were going forward, it's scintillating at times. You know, I really think there's a, an intent and a purpose to it all. 
I just think that the, at the back, they're a wee bit exposed right now with the way the way that we're playing when you've not got your own guys in. Now, I hope that Ange doesn't subscribe to what Dan was saying and actually has identified that we are going to need reinforcements at the back. Because if you want to play like that, that's all well and good. And at times, as I say, I was on the edge of my seat today. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So I'm not criticising, but you need to make sure you've got at the back guys up to the task of of, of defending sort of the in the style that we're going to, because we're going to be exposed at times. They're going to be left one-on-ones, things like that. I mean, Starfield, I mean, hasn't exactly set the header light so far in his beginnings. It's early days, of course. We're not allowed to judge the manager yet. We're not allowed to judge Carl Starfield yet. Remember that. So, I would like to see him get an experienced centre-back beside him. And if he has maybe got settled in it, bedding in issues, then let's try and get someone with a wise head that's not going to need that same adapting time. Like you look at someone like Joe Hart who came straight in in the goalkeeping position. Already was the, the miles away, number one for Celtic now, because you knew he'd be able just to take up the mantle straight away. I think we need that in defence. But I've got to say going forward, whatever Andrew's implementing his philosophy, absolutely outstanding. Well, it was Dan Horowitz who came in, Russell, like you quite rightly yeah. said, he uh, is a journalist with the Japan Times, and he came on basically to give us a, a, a bit of a deep dive into what to expect from Ange Postacoglu based on what he had seen in Japan. And that's exactly what he said. You know, you, you are going to be in for a situation where sometimes you will be outscoring the opposition. Under the circumstances, I look at where we are and the fact that obviously he's playing still a makeshift defence. So, on the one hand, I think, right, we know that he's done this in the past with regards to outscoring the opposition. On the other hand, I think, you know, he's doing the best with what he's got. But I don't think anybody is beyond criticism. I actually don't believe anybody's beyond criticism. And I've criticised Postacoglu for not playing Welsh in the first game against Harps. And I think that he was up for that criticism because we had seen in the first two games in Europe enough to suggest that Welsh should be a starter. We bring in Starfelt kind of late, he gets thrown in. And, you know, I just felt that it would have been a, a stabling, a stabilising influence to have Stephen Welsh playing in his correct position um, alongside Starfelt. I'm not overly concerned with the fact that, you know, just to echo what Gerard's saying, Gerard Quinn, who's commenting on YouTube, it didn't seem like a 3-2 game. We're just too vulnerable at the back. It, you know, throughout large parts of that game, Lauren Celtic completely dominated. I turned around to you after about an hour, and this was after Hearts had pulled a goal back uh, following the penalty, which we'll talk about. Um, and I said to you that we need to kind of freshen this up. Do we need to freshen it up? And at that point, the quality um, of, you know, Furuhashi, who is just sometimes light years ahead of anybody else on the park, um, put us back 3-1 up and I felt comfortable again. Um, and at that point, I kind of thought we're going to go on, we're going to win at least the one, maybe even score another goal. But it's the vulnerabilities that we're talking about and that Russell has pointed out at the back that, you know what, I didn't actually think at any point during that, that game today we were at risk of not winning. And I didn't think there was going to be a charge at the end and we were going to lose the game. But we're going to come up against better opposition. And it's at that point, at one nothing up in a game, maybe against Rangers in a European tie, where you need to lock the back door. And that, at the moment, really is our Achilles' heel, isn't it, Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, I think 
Russell's touched on it. We need another centre half in. If we're signing another centre half, we're signing him as a starter. You are dealing with the best centre half at the club is Chris Julian, who's injured. Yeah. So if we sign another centre half, the long term partnership's not going to be well with Starfield. We would be involved, it'd be Julian and whoever else you sign. So we're really playing with makeshift centre halves just now, or guys that you, I would say is your third and fourth choice. Looked a bit ropey a couple of times, made a pair of stick on what Starfield's thinking. He touches the ball up the park and his blind spot where he can't see if it's a strike and he should be playing that towards the goal line where he can see there's no one and stepping back and then clearing it. It, it, it was such a basic error to make, you know what I mean? Stick on pen. Uh, yeah, we're looking rope at the back, but, but then again, there was another pen chance or pen only shout for hearts. Wasn't given, no booking for diving. Complete lack of consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're looking at that. I mean, before the season kicked off, I think we thought fullbacks is where we've got to worry. And yeah, again this week, Taylor and Ralston, both of them outstanding. Back the, I mean, Taylor was midfield. Man, at one point he's coming in the spring passes about. Yes. You know, like, Tony Ralston went on another. Went on another Macy. Uh, yeah. Just mm-hmm. kicking it off, and then Montgomery takes it and comes to the beat of Vicky. You know, they, nobody's, you know, since Ralston, when Ralph, since Ralston's come in, nobody's mentioned Paddy Roberts. You know what I mean? Now, <laughs> now see when we look, and we've got to look at this, Russell, because you are reluctant to, you know, criticise a new signing. You want to give them time to bed in. But let's have a wee chat about Carol Starfield. He made his debut against Hearts at Tynecastle. A tough game to make your debut in, I would suggest. Um, since then, obviously, we've been knocked out uh, of European football. We've had a, a bit of a rebirth. We've, we've absolutely hammered Dundee. Um, another decent result today. But there are some concerns coming through. So let's have a wee look at some of the comments coming in. We've got Mick on, on the YouTube. Yeah, I'm fully not on the Starfield yet. Uh, that's coming in from YouTube. John Campbell also on YouTube. Starfelt looks like another Ambrose. What I would say, 61 minutes in, um, when I turned around and, and said to, to Lawrence, maybe we need to get a wee bit of a change here. At that stage, I thought that the passing had got a bit slacker. In the first half, it was dynamite, you know, and we were really, really high tempo. We looked as though we could score at ease. Someone says we could have been four or five, nothing up. We probably could have been. Second half, that's when you think, you know what, if Hearts get the next goal, we might be in a wee bit of soapy bubble because we'd lost that kind of, like, uh, momentum. Mm-hmm. I think with Starfield, what I've noticed with him is that um, the ball comes to him and he's not, a fast, high-tempo pass through the ball. Russell, the ball comes to him, he needs a wee bit of time. Even when he passes the ball, the whole movement isn't sharp. Uh, you know, he seems to labour it. The ball, the, the leg gets swung, the kicking leg gets actually swung around. He's at, You can see it in his movement. He doesn't have that same kind of high-tempo movement that you would expect. So if the ball comes to him quick and he needs to play it quick, like he, he showed in, in his own six-yard box, he struggles. So he took that that first touch, which was a pure touch. Boyce is in there like a shot. And by the time he's trying to kick the ball, he's kicked the player. And I think that that, for me, is something that hopefully is not going to be part of his game, Russell. Because if so, where does he fit into the high-tempo style of play? Yeah, I mean, from what we've seen so far of Carl Starfelt, he doesn't strike as an Ange signing. And I'm not saying that in a you know, to be controversial in any way, shape or form. It just genuinely, from all the attributes you think that Prostokoglu looks for, 
this guy seems to be the the sort of the opposite of that. He looks laborious in the ball. He looks mm. like it's you know when he gets it, it's, he's always under pressure. Even when it, you know a player's just closing him down five six yards away, you can almost see things getting rushed or looking like they're being rushed from maybe the pace that he's used to. I don't really know what the what the the, the beef is, but let's be honest: when he's got the ball at his feet, you're not you're not convinced. But it's a lack of awareness, Lawrence. Ah, it's totally. a lack of awareness. So basic. It was like yeah. you would think that the boys had took his boots off and was running behind him in a pair of socks. You know what I mean? He's no hurt him. It's like surely you would have the awareness when someone's breathing down your neck like that that he's going to be there. And you should and, never, and, never and that. See, to be honest with you as well, his actual reaction to once he is put under pressure is just swing a right boot. It yeah. doesn't even look, again didn't even look particularly coordinated or look like something you would see of a player who was showing signs of composure you would expect from a four million pound already capped international footballer. So he's gonna need help at the back. And I don't think it's fair to put that to be on Welsh to be the, the guy who's gonna to be the guide, if you like. I think Welsh and Starfelt should be fighting for one of the For one jersey, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that's on Welsh to be guiding to guiding a guy. And I've said this before, he came from Sweden, played in the Russian league to Scotland. It's quite an unusual sort of trip. If you don't think that's going to require bedding in period, then you're mistaken. That is an unusual footballing journey to arrive in Scotland. So I 100% think he needs a wizened pair of shoulders or pair of eyes, whatever you want to call it, beside him. I think to, to, to be his guide as opposed to putting that on Welsh. And if and if Starfield's not up for it, I would like Welsh to then be the one getting guided by that more experienced head. The thing the thing that I don't want to do is is make this a, a, a broadcast all around Starfield not being up to scratch because I think we've said that we've qualified that at the very top of the show but there is a lot of comments coming in in relation to Starfelt and um, Rory Grant comes in to say that uh, when's he going to come up to the standard I think the standard that I am looking at is the, is the tempo it's the tempo we've been so impressed with the, the high tempo of play I just think when it comes to him the, the word used by, by Lawrence's language he, he does seem to labour it a wee bit um, and that might come in time and I'm hoping that it does come uh, with more games and getting to know his uh, defensive partners as well. But there was plenty to discuss in a good way. And I think that it would be remiss for us to uh, write off that second half because, I mean, the goal, let's uh, just wonder at that goal for a moment or two. When it went in, I mean, I think Michael Stewart was claiming that Craig Gordon getting a hand to it, put it in the net. If Craig Gordon got a hand to it, he would have put it past the post. It wasn't going to change direction. Um, what a finish, Russell. I mean, I don't think anybody else on the park could have done that. No, absolutely not. Michael Stewart was actually getting a wee bit petty at times. You know, his heart's bonnet was firmly on his head today. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the talk like that... I, just, just... I thought you just called him a heart's bonnet. <laughs> 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 uh, well, take it wherever you want. But I think um, 
Yeah, Craig Gordon certainly never gets an assist on that goal. I mean, that's Kyogo. He's absolute. You know, that's a finisher because to have the, the awareness to I could sneak that in near post and the technique, the, the whip on it is absolutely outstanding as well. Interesting to know what you think of his celebration. I've seen a, I seen a tweet saying, do you think that's him suggesting he's at home now when he was sort of doing that? And I wonder what that, what that actually meant. I don't know if it was a, you know, a traditional thing from where he's from, but it was mm. a goal that very much his performance warranted. Um, I know what it is, mate. I know what it is. It's an A for Ascom. It could well be. It could well be. <laughs> it could well be an A for a Celtic state of mind. Now, it just shows you, though, and I'm glad I brought up the the points around Carter Starfelt because um, we've got the other side of the coin here. Someone has flipped it. Quite a few people have flipped it, Russell. Uh, Red Scotland says Carl's a baller. Kid yourself's not. Uh, whose news comes in to say Starfelt had a great game. And then we have Des. Brennan coming in, um, the next fall guy. Well, you know, we don't want to single anybody out as a fall guy, but, um, you know, he gave away a penalty really, really slackly. And about 10 minutes later, he played a ball across the face of his own goal that was intercepted. And it could have been absolutely lethal. So it has to be discussed. You you can't just airbrush these moments out of the game, uh, especially when you look at the scoreline at the end and it is so close. And, you know, the margins are so tight at that point. Um, just give him time. I agree with that, Lucy. Yeah, you do have to give him time, and he needs time to to bed in. Um, to, uh, tempestuous D. Uh, let's give him a chance, lads. That sounds like a name of a band. Let's give him a chance, lads. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? I think we're going to have to give him a chance because, in terms of the the players that we've been linked with, um, and by the way, the club might pull something out of the bag that hasn't been speculated upon or reported on, and we might just announce it like we did uh, with, with Furuhashi you know it was announced next thing you know we've got a, an absolute uh, legend on our hand or a potential legend on our hand and um, I might do the same with a centre half Joe O'Donnell comes in Starfelt needs time too early for a witch hunt there's no witch hunt certainly on, on the Celtic mind um, because we've got we, to look at the deficiencies in the team we, we literally said I mean I've literally just said a guy who's played in Sweden for IFK Gothenburg, then moved to the Russian Premier League, then to Scotland as a difficult career trajectory to expect to just settle into the Scottish game right away. Literally said it five minutes ago. If that is what you classify as a witch hunt, I'm a wee bit concerned. And now there are other areas of the park that we need to talk about. Let's talk about uh, Odson Edward. He's been in the news um, for some time. He's been in the news for the best part of the last year. And uh, we're not quite sure, Lawrence, where his future lies. Um, you know, the old J.P. Mason quote, if your head is out the building, take your shoes with him. Um, he looked on it today, Edward. What was your thoughts about his performance? Well, listen, that third goal, obviously... Gordon's put under pressure. We know his kicking's not the best. Eddie picks up a loose ball, plays it quickly to Turnbull, who's instant pass to Rogic. Couple of touches, Cargo's played in. You, you, you know, he, he's definitely he was putting in a bit of effort today. Shall we say he, he didn't look as languid as as normal. Thought he faded towards the end, uh, but it's the best performance we've seen from him in a while, isn't it? It's, yeah. But I don't know if it's good enough to take uh, Kyogo's place at centre forward. <laughs> you, you, you know, based on that, I'd still be going, well, let's play the marked man up there. Because let's be honest, Kyogo's a marked man. I mean, second half, 
they seem to be indicating that the referee was elbowed in the face. Obviously, the mm-hmm. ref and the assistant ref, you know, another thing they missed, shall we say, on, on, on Kyogo. So, yeah, Eddie, it's a better performance. He's best for a while. There's two weeks of the transfer window left, or just over two weeks. I suppose he needs to put in performances to get a move. Uh, but if he stays, you know, it's a good option to have. If he goes, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be linked with Thomas Henry. So, yeah, f- for me, I'd rather Eddie moved on. He's clearly kind of doesn't want to be here, does he? It's, he, he doesn't show, although he's shown some energy, he's not the same as like Christie was shown. Uh, when he's been playing early in the season, or Kyogo's shown since he's come in, he's, he's not shown that kind of desire and commitment. Even that you know Tony Ralston and, and Greg Taylor are shown in the team, and it's, it's kind of contagious the energy, isn't it? Mm. And it's the same if, if somebody's slowing things get down and not trying. And, you know, it was a big problem last season. He wasn't really leading the line, was he? You weren't getting enough energy off him for the team. So hopefully we move him, and hopefully the club goes into the transfer market and looks at a centre half looks at the left wing, looks at another centre forward and the right back. I don't know if it's the boy for, from Man City on a loan deal. Because certainly just now, you know, what Tony Ralston's shown, you're going, he, he's shown up well. You're thinking, is it a play? Do we need someone that's going to start ahead of him or just someone that's going to give him competition just, just now? I think, see, when you're looking at the, the centre forward situation, I think my biggest concern Russell is right. You've got a player there in Eduard who I think his application was better today. Uh, on another day, he could have got a couple of goals. But you remove him in a last-minute deal, let's say, and he's sold. And we haven't gone out and signed someone along the lines of Henri, who we're said to have been interested in. Because we are very, you know, laboured in the, in the point where one out, one in, in terms of the, the transfer fees, certainly. I wouldn't want to leave this too late because then you're left with two of the strikers who were on the bench today and Ayeti and Griffiths who, for various reasons, for me, um, are not going to make the impact that you're looking for. I mean, it's a massive drop in standards from Kyogo to either of those two. And, you know, when Edward's playing, at least you know that in his locker there is a player, there's someone who, you know, has the potential to be a supremely talented football player. The other two, I'm sorry, they're not in the same league. So I, I think my biggest concern is if there is a move for Edward, we better get our business done. You know, there's two sides to this. We need to get our business done on the centre-forward situation because if we lose Eddie, you know, that that's us going from now until January, basically running with Kyogo, who uh, obviously has shown up really, really well through the centre. But his backup, I just don't think, is anywhere near that standard of Edward and, you know, a Yeti and Griffiths. No, I totally agree with that. I think as well, we spoke about the Griffiths situation earlier on today and we said how negative energy in a very positive world, it doesn't work. But I also think, like uh, Lawrence was saying there about, you know, you look at Taylor Ralston, fully bought in to this new Celtic that we're watching right now. And it is a new Celtic. This is miles away from what we were seeing last season. And they bought in fully, you know, paid up members now of Anball, if you want to call it that. And they're giving their all in that. On a footballing level, does Edward bring the same sort of problems to that team that maybe off the field Griffiths is right now, for example? I'm not comparing the two or any of that nonsense. I just mean, is it going to be a situation where every time Edward doesn't play well or we get beat and he is featured, we're going to say he never tried? It just becomes a distraction. It all becomes a soap opera that, oh, his head's at the door, or he wants to move. 
I, the best thing for me would be he goes in the next two weeks and we do get a replacement, whether it's Henri or someone else, that is going to be of the same mindset, same state of mind, you could say, as mm. the other guys in that squad right now that are all seem to be loving the work that Andrew's doing. Bear in mind, Andrew's doing this with the same coaching staff as before as well. So yeah. his influence must be massive right now for to get such a culture change, such an attitude change in so many players that deep down are doing their day-to-day training with the same coaches as before. That's quite yes. a hard habit to just shift that quick. So that tells you how imposing uh, Bosby Coglu's been so far, how much his influence is actually carrying a lot of weight on that team. I'm not convinced Edward, even if he signs a new five-year deal, fits the mould that what we're looking for in an Ange Postacoglu side. And I think he becomes one of these, uh, like you were saying earlier, like a side story that mm. will be ongoing. And we know this season we're going to lose matches. Right, that's Same. a given. We concede goals, right? We concede goals. Yeah. We're going yeah. to lose matches to base. There's going to be times when we're on this show going, it wasn't great tonight, but you could see what they were trying and, you know, we got beat 3-2 or whatever. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I don't also want to be England. And Edward chucked it after an hour, didn't he? See all that? That's just taken away from, you know, all the all the good stuff. Because I don't mind if we get beat, but you still, well, I do. But if you know what I mean, if you can all go, we understand why we lost the match. But see if it's for reasons that were there last season or been carried into legacy issues, you could say. Mm. And that's what Edward is becoming, a legacy issue, which I think we can deal with in the next two weeks. Charlie Adam, though, £5 million, you're having a laugh. Yeah, it certainly was. Now, before I move on to what you were saying there about Ange, because I do agree with that, David Kelly, or is it Craig Levine, I'm not sure, is sure that the third goal was an own goal. Cheers for putting us through, Craig. Um, Remember, big bio, two goals, two own goals. Craig Levine. Um, I think what you were saying there, Russell, it goes back to some you know discussions we had on, on the podcast last season. Eventually, Neil Lennon spoke about a culture change. So, with a new manager coming in, he's trying to instill his own philosophy in, in a group of players. Yeah. Then he's bringing in other players to who he believes you know can can undertake that that kind of same state of mind, put it on the football park, and the whole culture of a football club um, can be based in, within its people. But the people that are there, you know, largely are the same people that were there last season, and it's, so it's difficult to introduce a new culture. Launch, you know, plenty about culture within the, within the workplace. When actually, when you look at it, not many of the personnel have actually changed. So I think, you know, what Russell was saying, credit to Ange for for making the changes that he has done so far, Lawrence. Well, listen, definitely. I mean, Taylor Ralston hats off to Roost. Two guys, Tommy Rogic. Jeez, <laughs> you know, he's looking like the player we all knew he could be. Mm. You know, yeah. it's. Kyogo, he's just going to be a superstar, but he's brought in knowing that he can play. You know, a bad does look good. It, it is once he gets more players in I think we, we all recognise we're, we're, we need another right back centre half with the Christie situation we're probably going to need a left winger and there he goes we, we, we need a, a centre forward you know those players should help change the culture Russell's touching it it's the same coaches I'm not sure how uh, whose decision I have you know if I'm just, just happy to give them a chance and see if they can adapt 
but he's come out and spoke and said, well, I need more, you know, better on the sports science side. So he's definitely dry, driving it. And it's good that he's calling it out. But I think going back to uh, Thursday night, one of the, before Thursday he came out and he praised uh, Taylor and Ralston. And he knows they've been getting a bit of stick. But one thing we didn't mention is he made sure Cal Mack got a standing ovation by taking him off early. You know, mm. he, he, he's definitely building the players up, isn't he? You know, he's putting his, his faith in them. And you're thinking, when was the last time we, you, we saw a manager doing that? Mm. And it's it's refreshing that he, he's identified guys and he's got them playing better because Cal, Callum's back to his best, isn't he? I mean, he's everywhere in the park. He just cover, covers everywhere. The, the energy that boy puts in is scary. It'd be interesting to see his data, how much ground he covers compared to you know, the rest of the team. And that's what Ange is wanting out of his team, isn't it? You know, it's the, it's the pressing, it's the movement. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the more players we get in that are willing to do it. And unfortunately, I don't think Eddie is one of those. So I agree with Russell, yeah. Move him out, out the door, get someone in. If, I want to put that effort in. Yeah, I mean, see if he's able to resurrect one of the players. Because I think the discussions we were having, Russell, was in Cham, Ayer, Eduard, Christie. We expected all four of them to be away at some stage. And obviously we still have two of those players at the club. If he was able out of the four to resurrect the, the Celtic career of one of them, I think we've won a watch because we kind of expected all four of them to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm probably in the same boat as you guys. I don't think that player is going to be Eddie. But whilst he's playing, and whilst he's playing alongside Furuhashi, I think Punk Rocker's right. The the energy is infectious, and it and it could well wake this player up that we know uh, is inside of Eddie, but we've not seen it as often as we would have liked. Now, we're going to benefit whilst he's with Celtic, he might get the move that he thinks he deserves. And if he does, then Celtic benefits again with the transfer fee that inevitably would be um, forthcoming if that was to happen. So I just think that, you know, if we do get one of them, Russell, and that one player is maybe Christie, who was missing today, and I've not had any update on the reasons as to why he was missing, then I think we're doing okay. Uh, you know, we kind of thought Aya was going to leave. I thought he was a good leader, but obviously he wanted to leave. We all kind of realised that the you know the journey for Edward had come to an end. I, I don't see anybody uh, crying any kind of tears over Encham leaving. But if we get a player again out of Christie, then tremendous, you know. And again, you've got to give fans credit for that, Russell. Absolutely agree. I think if we can get Christie to be the one who surprises us all by extending his stay, particularly in the form he's shown so far this season, and yet again shows another example of a convert to. Ange ball, that is definitely you know a positive sign. I think as well when you look at Kyogo, you were saying he's an infectious energy, and he is. I agree with that massively, and I think what he does is his work rate imposes itself on the rest of the team. He's leading from the front. He is someone to look at and and take influence of. I wonder, and I put this on Twitter during the second half. Do you know anyone else in that league, Ange? You think could have a similar impact in different roles? I like how you spoke right in the camera at Ange Postacoglu there, Russell, because he obviously tunes in later on 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 the rerun on YouTube. Like it. Come on, Ange, mate. Come on, Ange, my man. But I think if he, if Kyogo's proven four and a half million pounds is a seriously shrewd bit of business already to me, that looks like an absolute steal. Four and a half million pounds doesn't get you much these days in football. I mean, you only need to look at the EPL. A four and a half million pound player goes, that's like that Will Griggs character you know what I mean in League One goes for that sort of money and we've got Kyogo 
I mean, is there anyone else in that league that Ange knows of that particularly he may well have had in his team at Yokohama that won a title that could bring a similar ethic as well as ability with them? Because to me, the infectious word was really important that you said about Kyogo because I think he's someone that when you're seeing that happening, if that can spread across the side, wow. That is that is all you want. And if we're thinking that Eddie might even be minorly influenced by the work rate of Kyogo right now, what impact is Kyogo's work rate having on the other members of the squad who probably have a good sort of work ethic as it is anyway? So I would no. definitely be now saying, ask the question of Ange, do you have anyone else in mind from that league? You, you know, you think back to that initial press conference, Lawrence, and we were at it. Uh, Natasha was there representing a Celtic state of mind and the question was asked about the markets that he was, you know, au fait with. So he knows the Australian market and he knows the Japanese market and what Russell's saying there is spot on. I mean, if this is a player you can pick up for under five million quid, um, are, are there another two or three we can bring in? Definitely. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking for the board to back him and it's, I think we've touched on it a couple of times, you know, Pre-match, post-match, you know, don't wait till we sell Eddie. You, you know, because if we don't sell him, we've still got the deficiencies that need filled. And if we do sell him, you'll, you'll have left it too late in the window. You know, if he goes last day, who are we bringing in? So, listen, as well as I'm knowing the Japanese and the, the Australian markets, he's not from another planet. So, you know, I think he's fairly confident in his football knowledge in general. About markets, he came out and said he's happy happy to do the scout in many ways. He prefers it. So yeah, we, we just want the board to back him and show faith in the manager. I mean, I think you know they put up the the season books have sold out. I think a, a large part of that is just look at what he's done in the first few games. Mm-hmm. Money, you know, after the fancy that who maybe weren't going to renew or weren't going to take a ticket, they went. You know what? I quite fancy this season. This is going to be cracking. They've bought into it, Lawrence. They've bought into it, the, the fan base. I mean, William Kennedy comes in to confirm that Christie had a wee knock midweek. Um, and before the game, I kind of thought I was a bit gutted to see that he was he was out of the squad, Russell, because he'd made such an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking for players that uh, Ange is going to res- resurrect. And before we go, um, I think we should also mention the fact that Tommy Rogic has started putting in performances that we thought were um, of a bygone age. We thought the time had come. I remember, you know, last pre-season, the, the chat around, we, we kind of thought he was gone. There was a deal for four million quid. He was going to yeah. Qatar and we thought that was it. Deal done, he's gone. The deal broke down. I think it was personal terms, couldn't be agreed. He comes back in, didn't make a massive impact last season. Uh, not many players did. No one did. And, you know, just simply because Ange Postacoglu had managed them at international level for Australia, we kind of thought he might be one of the guys. But, I mean, in that first half particularly, um, and I'm not just completely writing off the second half, but the performance of Tommy Rogic makes you think, you know what, he could he could play a big part this season, Russell. Is it not funny that that fast-flowing football we watched today, you could say rip-roaring, but I mean, it was pay- played at a pace, unbelievable pace today. And if you told me you'd see Ange Ball, and I was to listen to all the stats that I've been told, and it'd be David Turnbull and Tom Rogic in midfield playing the football with that intensity and pace, you'd have been laughed at by the Statos. That just goes to show good managers get good tunes out of good players. 
It is that simple. Tom Rogic has ability, uh, you know, as much ability in the, as anyone else in that squad right now. I tweeted last week, he plays in a pair of slippers. That's how it looks. His touch is just unbelievable. It's death. You can put up three guys around him. He'll still manage to get either by them or find a pass. He's, out, he's been outstanding the last couple of games. I thought he was the best man in the park midweek. And I thought even today's, particularly first half, same with the side. And I wonder as well if that'll become a more of a trend that we'll see the first half's being at you know, 100 miles an hour and the second half's maybe being played at 60, 70 miles an hour because you've got to, you've got to give them their due. It must be hard to keep up that intensity and what they, you know, the you know, the whole match. Um mm-hmm. but from what I've seen in Tom Rogic, when we're at our free flowing best. Tom Rogic is front, left and centre of all of the good stuff. So, in the last two matches in particular. So, so, the way I see it is, that's a huge positive. You were talking about players that like, you had your four guys that you thought were going to go. You've got to add Rogic to that list because it was actually 12 months before that we, yeah. we'd all like, accepted he was going to go. So, to now get a Brucey bonus, a Boise bonus, if you will, uh, you know, two years later of Tom Rogic coming back, from the ashes and sort of Australian fun there, I don't even mean. But, but like literally, you know, that 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 is something again that is what's an outstanding, outstanding bit of work that is because like you touched on earlier, he looks leaner, mm-hmm. he looks like his body shape has changed, he certainly seems to be fitting this, you know, post the glue style, which against all odds, apparently. Uh, and you know, I just think as well, he's got composure in the ball. Match, similarly matched by David Turnbull and McGregor, which makes the midfield so formidable. You know, the point you're making there about Rogic, the saddest part about that um, would have been the fact that, you know, he would have left without a big fanfare because, you know, all his best performances seem to be behind him. That's... On a personal level, I'm not speaking for all Celtic fans out there, but on a personal level, I'm, I'm, I would have been thinking a year ago that all his best performances were behind him and, you know, he was great when he was great. But now he's, he's given us it again. He's only, I mean, I say only, he's 28 years of age. At this point, you would expect him to be hitting his peak. So if he hits his peak um, performance levels at the same time as his fitness levels, Lawrence, he's playing under a manager where there's a connection and he's playing at the club that he's played virtually his entire senior career at, then all the ingredients are there for Roderick to be a pivotal part of this team. Now, I've just been informed that we've drawn Wraith Rovers in the next round and we'll be playing the Fifers at Celtic Park. Now, they're on the back of a tremendous result, but, I mean, there we go. Our season has started, um, it, it kind of stopped, started. What what I would like to say, though, on the Starfelt thing, because we spent a bit of time on Carl Starfelt. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the player at Celtic Park who was getting a lot of stick because of his start to the season was David Turnbull. Just two or three weeks ago, David Turnbull was getting a lot of criticism. Um, and let's be honest, these performances weren't up to where they are now and where they were at the end of last season. So Celtic fans and any kind of observers and onlookers are going to look at that and it's going to be commented on. I think with Starfield, am I at the stage where I think we've signed a dud? No, I'm not at that stage whatsoever. I think that what will happen with him is that he'll play through it and he will grow in confidence. I mean, we've still got Julien coming back in. We've seen some shots of him in the stand today. He's coming back in. I think the last we had was it was maybe October, but we're we're midway through almost August now. So, you know, before we know it, he'll be back. Uh, the board might look at that and think we don't have to strengthen. I would still like to see another centre-half coming in. I think that would be very risky, uh, particularly when you look at some of the injury problems that Julien's had. 
uh, not to bring somebody in. And, you know, you're looking at the right and left back. I don't think they're as much as a priority as they were beforehand because the performances have been good by Ralston and Taylor. But I still think we definitely need a right back because we've got you know, a dearth of them at the club. And we need we need a left back because if Taylor doesn't play, you're bringing in Montgomery and behind him it's ball and goalie. So of course you need another left back as well. I think one of the three uh, right back, left back, centre half, one of them will be a loan deal, maybe even two, uh, just because of the way the transfers are, are working. It's, it's as if we're waiting for another uh, player to get offloaded and for a transfer fee to come in. Uh, whether or not you agree with that, I certainly wouldn't. I just think we need to get our own ducks in, in line. Um, but that's where we are. And you know what? It was 3-2, but I think that uh, when you look back on the game, it didn't. It wasn't as close as the 3-2 scoreline would suggest. I think that flatters hearts a wee bit, Lawrence. I'm not too concerned with Starfelt. I think that there's areas of his game that he needs to have now, but I think Angel wired them out. Oh, but, but, but listen, totally. It's not a 3-2 game. You know, if we'd won that 7-2, there'd be no complaints. Maybe Starfield, he's just felt that we were cruising and he's been a bit lazy. It's something that, you know, there's definitely something there to be worked with, isn't there? You know, it's not as if he's, he's, he's had Howler's all game. He's had a fairly decent game, but he's made a bit of a, you know, it's one Howler for that that penalty. It's just a terrible play, place to put the ball. And maybe he has been in cruise control and his concentration level's dropped and maybe we just need to say, look, you need to keep it up. All the time, we know we know we need cover at right back. Yep, we need cover at centre half. How long Julian's out for? You know, it's another couple of months before you before he's going to be back. Left back, I, I don't know if we're going to bring in cover. You know, you've got three at the club. I, I, I don't think we're going to get four in. I, I just can't see us having uh, having four of them. Again, you know, Eddie's a big question. If he goes, it's we need a centre forward. I think even if he stays, we probably need a centre forward unless his attitude changes. Christie's got less than six months his deal left. He's, he's been a standout performer for us. Yeah. Uh, and he'd be hard to replace Lawrence. You've seen that today. He would be a, he would be a hard person to go out there and get a player who's going to have the same impact. Listen, he's buying into Ange, isn't he? He's, he's giving you the energy. He's giving his all in the park. He, he's making a difference. He's making goals. He's just been in fantastic form. How much are we going to have to spend? Because let's be honest, with less than six months... You're going to get next to nothing for him. It's you know he signs a pre-contract, then we come to an arrangement to move him on. And really, whatever we get for him, I would argue that it's probably not worth taking just now because you do have the problem of replacing him. Just saying, him, look, if you're going to go, keep giving us performances, you'll get your better self a better contract in the the window if you don't want to sign on this. You know, when you're completely free just to move on, because where are you going to get somebody just now? And there's been rumours about, you know, there's worried about the number of players coming into the squad and bedding them in. Well, that would be a headache you didn't have in the left end because, you know, if Ryan could stay at Christmas, Christmas and we can get those performances out of him, brilliant. Then, you know, bring somebody in to replace him then. it's I, I would do everything I can to get to sign a new contract. If he's not up for that, I would say, well, look, we'll just keep you to the January transfer window, Christmas transfer window. Just keep giving us these performances. See, see when you look at that area of the park, Russell, last point before we go. Um, Kyogo obviously started over there today. I think you could play him at right back and he would perform, you know. He's just, he's, he's a supremely talented footballer. But other than that, you know, Forrest would, would be playing out of position on the left. I know that Abada has played on the left, not many games, but he could play there. But again, he's out of position. It's not his natural position. And then behind him, 
it's it's Mikey Johnson who so far in his senior career at Celtic hasn't shown that he can play 30, 40 games a season. I think it's vital that Ryan Christie, it's like Lauren says, even if it means we're losing a bit on him, because undoubtedly we've lost a fair bit on his transfer value in any case, um, I think we need to keep him. We actually need to keep, even if it's until the end of his, his contract, we need to keep Ryan Christie at the club. I mean, last season, El Yunusi played a lot of games out there didn't he? Um, but I just think, you know, if you're going to go and get a player like him, what was the figure quoted for El Yunusi? Five million? And that was after two years of being at Celtic, you know, and, you know, when Southampton bought him, it was for more than double that. So I just think that it would be a risk. And when you see uh, the team playing without him, without Christie, he'd be very, very difficult to replace. What's your take on that? Even if we lose a bit of money on him, Russell, keep him till the end of the season. I think it's important to remember that the overhaul that the Celtic side needed, remember we said it's going to take more than one window. And in fact, the narrative was Andrew's going to need two or three windows to try and get this side, you know, fully in his mould. In that case, there's a stopgap of real quality that is adapted to Andrew's style already. As I made an electric start to the season, we could then keep him for the next five months. If he makes it clear he's leaving in the January, fair enough. But that gives us the January to source someone of a similar ilk at a reasonable price that might be affordable, might be within our range and keen to come here of a similar ilk. That buys you time, which I think is so important. And whilst also that's happening, whilst we've got maybe four or five, sometimes maybe six new players in the starting 11, someone like Christy brings a bit of familiarity. He keeps it a wee bit more settled. And I can't emphasise enough, is playing some of his best football so far in a Celtic shirt this season already. It's, what's the value in, in, in selling Ryan Christie with five months left in his deal? What are we looking at financially here? Two to three million pounds? That to me would be short-termism, short-termism of the highest order. I think right now, rather than having that position to be stressing over the next two weeks, why not make it a long-term um, source, a position to be sourced and look over the next three to four months of getting yeah. identifying the perfect player for that role to replace Christie? who I'm sure during the next four or five months would still give his all in a Celtic shot. It's a good shout. It could be a January transfer. Russell, you know, bringing in the left-hand side who will eventually replace Christie should we keep him until the end of the season. So Celtic beat Hearts 3-2 to progress into the next round of the League Cup. Matthew Wright reminding us that we will be facing Waithrovers in the next round. And is that Romano's? Let's go. Is that his motto? Um, and he tells us all about the Celtic uh, signing targets of which I'm sure there are two or three in and around um, Celtic at this moment in time. I hope so in any case so that's the next round that's going to be at Celtic Park we will cover it we cover every game I'm not sure how we're going to be covering it and who's going to be covering it but Axford will certainly cover the games uh, this season we will we will be back tomorrow and Russell it's you me and Tony tomorrow at 12.30 so I look forward to the Axom Bulletin (laughs) tomorrow at 12.30 plenty to talk about Uh, part of that bulletin will be today's game if you haven't already done so get onto the YouTube channel and subscribe Um, I promise you this isn't beer I'm drinking it is um, fizzy water Um, because it is a, a really enjoyable interview with Mike Galloway on there. It was uh, episode one of one of Axom's new shows, The Axom Retrospective. Russell and others gave me stick for wearing something around my wrist that made me look like an extra from the band White Snake, but I can assure you it was my face mask 
and I took it off at the last minute and stuck it on my arm. So it wasn't a fashion statement um, at the age of 43, you know, fashion statements. I know, you even text me to tell you what on earth is that on your hands. But get in there and have a look at the Mike Galloway interview. It was great to catch up uh, with Mike, who has seen some dark times himself since his Celtic career finished, but he is in a good place now, and it's great to talk to him. And we hope to get him up to Celtic Park at some stage this season as well. Thank you to everybody for getting involved in the various... Uh, platforms that we're now streaming on and uh, if you're not subscribing do so, you'll be in for a monthly prize draw this month it's a Fratelli's Platinum Disc next month we've got some concept jerseys so check our socials out for some pictures of that Uh, all that's left for me to say is once again thank you to Lawrence Cornley and Russell Boyce for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind Report. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.